Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace case, if you know me and you do, mm-hmm. you know that I'm yep. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm-hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes mm-hmm. I'll- I a bachelor. Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland. Mm. As more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep, Organic Just Tart Cherry is having a moment thanks to Tart Cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues. We're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media. R.W. Knutson has a whole lineup of natural juices with zero added sugar, so you can feel good about adding them to your wellness routine. It's all about celebrating those daily wins. Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice is made from tart cherries, which may help you get a better night's sleep because they have natural melatonin. R.W. Knudsen crushes only 100% real ingredients, so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. Uh, it's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums, and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day oh. program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. 
It's the game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. This is the game of roses. Welcome to the game of roses. Welcome to Game of Roses. This is Pace Case. And you know what season it is. It's Pace Case Spring Break. Clues is gone for two weeks. Who knows if he'll ever return. He's preparing himself for the Windakia season to be at the tip top of his game. And so instead of Clues, I am joined today by two of my best friends in the entire world. Two of the funniest people I've ever met, even though neither of them work in entertainment anymore. And two of the biggest Bachelor fans ever. Please welcome to the pit, Erica and Johanna Cronin. Hello. Welcome. Wow. Lizzie. I got chills. I got heart flutters. I know. You got heart flutters? On camera. Zoom camera. I know. You're big, big celebs now. Your big debut on the pod, some of you. Johanna was already on the <laughs> podcast on a Patreon episode we did. Oh. Pace Case in the Document, part one. Mm-hmm. And so this is going to be Pace Case in the Document, part two. But we're going to give a little, you know, backstory to who our guests are before we get into the important document story. Johanna and Erica, you have 731 <laughs> and 528 Instagram <laughs> followers, respectively. Oh my so, God. Johanna, you're crushing Erica. How does it feel? But are you going to share the number of people that we follow? Because oh, no, I think, don't do that. Mm, I think that I have ratio? not the best ratio. I follow thousands, thousands of people. And why is that? You don't have a Finsta? I don't have a Finsta. I don't think I realized that it was like an uncool ratio to have. And then someone said to me like a year ago, I think it's so brave of you that you don't care about that ratio. You just follow whoever you want. And I thought that is maybe something I should have looked at. (laughs) Oh my God. Who said that to you? A colleague? Oh, no. It was a a friend of a friend in a Pilates class. A slight that happened during Mm. working out. I never worked out again. (laughs) I mean, it's so strange because it's like your job is not in social media. Why does it matter? It's like every time I look at a restaurant, I'm mildly interested and I follow it just as a reminder. Yeah. See, I sometimes follow restaurants that you follow because I'm like, this must be one of Johanna's favorite restaurants. Now it turns out no. it's mild liking. Oh, yeah. There's there's no uh, discerning part of me when I follow. <laughs> um. So Johanna was in Pace Case in the document part one, a video interview you can find on our Patreon at patreon.com slash game of roses. In that we detailed when we went to Sean Lowe's Women Tell All. And Erica has never been on the podcast before. Any podcast. And this is terrifying. (gasps) This is your first podcast ever? My palms are so sweaty. (laughs) Yeah. Oh my God. We need to get you some like sweat bands. Yeah. Soak it up. You are a huge part of Game of Roses history, though. So, you know, two foremost experts of The Bachelor, as well as former foremost experts on my history with The Bachelor. Mm-hmm. And if you notice Johanna and Erica laughing at any time, it's probably because my taught today for Pace Case Spring Break is this shirt 
that my friend Patty Bone gave to me because it was too small for him, but it's <laughs> it's from Squid Row, this bar in uh, Cabo. Well, actually, it's a chain, so it's in a lot of places, but it has these big old fake titties on it. So I just thought that was the energy to bring to the spring break. I love it. Yeah. All right. Getting into it. Where are you both from? Uh, I hail from Glendale, California, which is actually a meme on TikTok, which is really fun for me. The Kardashians refer to it at one point as the land of their people. No, it's just Glendale. Fun fact. Yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty hot. In Glendale? (laughs) Glendale. Or, oh, you mean like in the zeitgeist? No, well, and we also have Americana at brand memes, which is a Twitter account I highly recommend following. So yes, that's what I thought you were talking about. Yeah. Joe? And I like Pace Case. I'm from Connecticut originally. And then LA after age like nine. So a little hybrid. I say I'm an LA native, but it's not really totally. You do. Well, I feel weird saying I'm an LA native. Well, I made one huge mistake at a West Elm where I was like this woman, the store person was trying to make small talk with me. And she was like, so where are you from? And I was like, whatever. And I was like, I'm from LA. And she was like, oh, that's so rare. The unicorn, no one's from LA. And I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like, I didn't want to correct her because it was just like, whatever. And then I was like, where are you from? And she said, I'm from Westport, Connecticut, which is where I'm from. (laughs) And so then I had to be like, that's so interesting. I have family from there. And then I immediately had to leave because I was so full of shame. So I'm from Connecticut. That's so funny. My sister told me recently that she was in an Uber and the Uber driver did not understand what she was saying. So the Uber driver thought that her dad, that our dad was in like U2 or like Green Day or some big band. And my sister just didn't want to like correct him. It had gone too far down so this uber driver just thought our dad was a famous musician i love that and uh what did you what did you both watch on tv when you were growing up i probably know most of these questions uh just want to get our audience some background i was thinking about this when you had chelsea vaughn on because i believe she mentioned this but my i think my real entry point into reality tv was ANTM, America's Next Top Model, which yes. I was obsessed with in high school. My friends and I would runway walk in the long hallways between classes. I oh went to God. a meet and greet for the cast of America's Next Top Model at the Grove, which I know you're familiar what? with. And oh, yes, I've been, been banned. I met, <laughs> I met Miss J. I met all of them except for Tyra Banks. I met Miss J. And he asked, he asked me to be on the show. I was going to say, wow. you kind of have a top model look about you. I am, yeah. for context, I'm six feet tall. But you I was be still America's next top model. <laughs> America's oldest model. <laughs> okay, um, America's <laughs> oldest model. <laughs> but I was like 15 at the time. And that is illegal. Wow. A I meet thought and they were all the founded cast. like 14 yeah. and 15. Hmm. I didn't know. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think I think real models are 14 and 15 and America's next top models are in their mid 20s. (laughs) Are you recording yourselves when you're doing these like runway walks at school? If the technology had existed, we would have. 
I don't think my sidekick was video enabled. <laughs> right. Maybe the chocolate uh, phone could have done yeah. that, not the sidekick. Yeah. The chocolate. Wow, I forgot about that. That was a very trendy <laughs> one. I really wanted the chocolate. Yeah. I also yeah. watched America's Next Top Model, but not as big of a fan as you. I never met anyone from... Actually, I did I did <laughs> go to the media party at UPN and I met a couple of people on the show. It turns out that. you both met everyone on the show. Yeah. No one ever was like you should be on this show what are you doing no you it's because you had to practice the catwalk yeah yeah practicing in the hallways yeah and then just do it down the meet and greet line yeah you gotta find johanna what what were you watching (laughs) uh (laughs) gilmore girl i was yeah i i feel like i've been addicted to tv for my whole life, but I was definitely addicted to Gilmore Girls so much so that I made that my username, Gilmore Girl 21, mm-hmm. which was actually an upgrade from Guppy Girl 123, <laughs> which Guppy was my Girl. old username because I was passionate Plus about fish. breeding guppies. But yeah, I basically watched like Gilmore Girls. I watched, uh, I, I watched like every one of those types of shows uh Dawson's Creek of course watched rewatched watched with Lizzie yes. many times I watched Charmed my so-called life you know all the drama highlights <laughs> our lives were very were very dramatic so a little backstory I technically am not born and raised in LA I also moved from Connecticut in middle school in which I went to school with Johanna and we, in preparation for this, we looked up our blogs last night. We had kept blogs in middle school and high school. Unfortunately, I, I realized a lot. There was a, There's a lot of content that we made, and it's great for the memories, but I realized that my blog was public, which I did not, did not intend for it to be public in this day. And they're very emo. A lot of the posts are very emotional. That I think was the biggest surprise looking at it last night. I thought it was really funny. I was like, what a fun, funny thing. And it was so dramatic. And also we were writing like to an audience of maybe four. I looked at my profile Mm -hmm. and it said, has been viewed 134 times. Given I had this blog for like eight years and it's been over a decade. I was like, that is so few times. That is not impressive. (laughs) 134 people read your beautiful woes. I think that's separate people. I think it's number of times accessed. But that's got to just be me. Yeah. It was yeah. for an audience of like four people who also had blogs and I had the links to all my friends' blogs. And then sometimes I would talk shit about how I was pissed at one of my other friends that had a blog openly in these posts. Oh yeah. I would definitely talk about like very specific experiences with guys that I liked who read the blog. Like I would be like, we kind of touched hands while watching the middle school play today. And it's like, well, obviously he knows who this is. And I would never acknowledge it. <laughs> it was very cool. <laughs> Playing hard to get. <laughs> yeah. um, do you both of you know what your first social media was? What was your re- relationship with social media like early on? 
Um, MySpace, for sure. I think MySpace, I started when I was in ninth grade and my interaction with it was learning how to code HTML, I believe, to get different background colors of music. Um, And then like getting spammed by like different high school bands in LA that would like play at the Whiskey A Go Go or like the the knitting factory or something like that. Oh, yeah. And I would be like, these boys are so cute. And they had like their bangs off to like the real scene kids. I think that was my yeah. MySpace was so sceny and definitely a big source of anxiety for me because I I was afraid of the scene <laughs> as a youth. It I seemed very intense and impenetrable. <laughs> For some background, Erica went to an all-girls school in Cal in L.A. Yeah, Johanna and I went to the the co-ed version. That mm-hmm. might as well have been all girls. We, we <laughs> self-selected an all-girls environment for ourselves inside of a co-ed school. <laughs> very limited interaction with men. <laughs> yeah, very little. I mean, very few interactions in general. Small, tight-knit. Yeah, community. Up to Hannah yeah. and I. <laughs> All you need is one. <laughs> All you need is one. Johanna, we met first. What is what is the history of our friendship? What are your memories of us watching The Bachelor together growing up? Mm. I think we, so we met in sixth grade. Is that when you came? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think we had... We were similarly late bloomers, really, really late bloomers. <laughs> we're waiting every day to bloom. We're 33. Um, no, I think we were we were like people who uh, watched a tremendous amount of TV, spent a lot of time baking, spent a lot of time in Lizzie's house uh, talking about romantic prospects that were really never romantic prospects. We spent like a lot of time on the internet. It's actually sad to see that I have so few Instagram followers when I spent so much time on the internet and felt like I was an early adopter in many cases, but never could build a following. Um, but yeah, we were like, you know, I think not only late bloomers, we were late kissers, which is really its own unique subset of late bloomers. I did. Johanna recently got married and I gave a speech at the rehearsal dinner in which I revealed that we were both late kissers. Don't know if Johanna liked that or not, but I was hoping it would send shockwaves through the whole group. People would not believe it. And not one person seemed surprised. And that was the shock. That was the sad part. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, how late is late? How late are we talking? Well, how what would late? you consider late? Yeah, say what you think is late, and then we'll save and we'll decide. Well, I went to all girls school, so I'll I'll tell you that late for me was seventeen, which is a day the day that I started college. <laughs> oh, okay, but you're Aww. young. That's very yeah. sweet. Yeah. And I, I kissed a boy, I think my second day of college. And I was like, we are boyfriend and girlfriend. <laughs> this is how this works. Well, yes, I would say late kissers. Yes, for me as well, that would be the age of 17. Mm. Still in high school. But it was something that Johanna and I were very concerned about. And we thought oh, yeah. essentially our lives were failed. Failures failed. I will say it was reflected in our blog where almost every blog post (laughs) talked about do I think I'm close to kissing someone? Yes or no. 
The answer was no, but at the time it always felt like I was like right on the brink hopeful. of possibly kissing. Yeah. Very yes. hopeful. Oh yeah. So we were, you know, the bachelor came out when we were 12. So we yeah. had five years of watching the bachelor in our, this very transformative period of our lives in which we're watching one man make out with 30 women thinking one day we'll be doing this activity also. <laughs> They will be one of 30 women. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I feel like that show formed us in like a really not ideal way. We're two people who were such late bloomers. Then we're like, this is normal. And it, I don't know if this is the reason, but we turned into like weirdly puritanical given we grew up in LA. Like whatever you think of like yeah. kids growing up in LA, that was definitely not the reality we were living. <laughs> I don't think <laughs> depending I guess on what you've heard about LA I feel like when you think of growing up in LA at least our generation you think of like the OC yeah and I mean I thought of the OC when I was in high school I thought I want my life to be like the OC <laughs> but actually the kids that I went to school in Connecticut were grew up way faster they all became very invo- heavily involved in drugs and alcohol at an early age not us, no. <laughs> just, um, you know, studying, being very online, mm-hmm. practicing volleyball, but yes. never, never getting good at it. I was on a volleyball team for an entire season. And I think we had like not enough players and yet not one time did I play, not for a single second <laughs> did what? I ever play. And by the way, it was Frosh soft. It was like the like it was not even JV. It was level three, and still they were like. And I remember she'd be like, "Maybe next time you're still catching up because you missed that one practice." I was like, "Dude, that was like three months ago." But yeah. So despite (laughs) your family come to those games, just hope my mom came for a few, and then was like, "Do you think you're gonna play?" And I was like, "Probably not." No. (laughs) Yeah. I started Um, knitting on the bench. That was when I knew. Oh yeah, we were in the knitting club too, which. I guess is probably associated with late kissing. <laughs> I I also played played volleyball and we had a freshman, a JV and a varsity team. And my sophomore year, when the teams were announced, they were announced that, that they were now a frosh soft team so that I could oh, still be on it. No. Oh the tallest girl on their team. Tallest girl. <laughs> wow. So yeah. sad. Yeah. You um, well, really good based on the height alone. No, mm-hmm. those limbs, the way, the way you catwalk. I, they were just <laughs> always in the wrong place at the wrong time. I was pretty tall on our team. Not good. Not good either. I was playing a lot of soccer. Also not good. I really, you know, sports are, you know, a psychological game and my psychological game has never been, I would say ahead of the pack. And I would just revert to just always being on some sort of bench and making mm-hmm. jokes. In my mind, you were a really good athlete, not in volleyball, but like uh-huh. <laughs> you could run the mile. Like I remember hanging physically onto you during running the mile so that you may carry me through because I could not run for more than like two minutes. I was like, this just isn't, it's not right. And it's not possible for me. 
I, Johanna was definitely that person who would protest PE and just be like, yeah. I have some sort of illness or injury. Mm-hmm. I yeah. was good at the mile. That's true. And I remember really good trying to help you finish. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I ever got under 10 minutes for a mile, which is not the fastest. <laughs> it's one of my greatest accomplishments that I broke seven minutes when I was wow. a youth. See, Pace Case is an athlete. Yeah. Long distance. Sprinting, mm-hmm. turning, and like switching my momentum was never good. Just straight ahead. Johanna, we were pretty online, especially in middle school. I would say that AOL Instant Messenger was one of our main um, forms of communication. And I guess social media in a way, when you include like you're making AOL profiles. I asked you about this earlier, but I I think it's because my dad is like an early adopter of technology. Why this happened? I think so, because I think it happened almost exclusively at your house. Like I remember like we both have chairs next to the same computer and then just spend like maybe eight hours all night long in chat rooms. We were children, but we were catfishing adults. Yeah. which I think is not typically how the catfishing happens. Like no. the way were we victims, we were victimizing adults, <laughs> specifically our Absolutely. Adults. We were creating victims. <laughs> <laughs> I also did mention this in my uh, wedding speech, which is that we, one particular case of catfishing I remember was that we had like a longer thing going with this guy who he told us he was in the army <laughs> and an adult. I, we don't was have any reason room? to not believe him, but we were lying. Was it specifically for people in the army or was it just like a <laughs> general chat room that we joined? I can't remember. I don't know. It was, there were like AOL, you would log in and then there would just be like categories of chat rooms, like arts and culture or like sports. <laughs> I feel like he probably was like, I'm in the army or I was in the army. And then we had to, we were like pretending to be like, you know, a woman in her twenties probably, which we did through Googling like woman <laughs> or like beautiful woman or like beautiful <laughs> woman or like Melissa and just seeing what came up. And like, that one looks pretty good. <laughs> you know, that's actually how some bachelor producers have told us that they have cast just ser- searching random women's names on Instagram. Really? Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Danish bachelor. Uh, casting director told us this. Wow. I mean, we found some beautiful women to pretend to be while we were like 13 in the basement. (laughs) We also catfished a friend of ours and pretended to be him. That one definitely was a lot more malicious. That one crossed the line. It wasn't, it was not to bully him. It was to use him to get people's opinions about us. So it was sad, (laughs) but once again, it was like soliciting <laughs> bullying of yourself. It was like, it was like, hey, it was probably extremely obvious. It was like, hey, so um, anyway, what do you think about like Johanna and Lizzie? Like, do you think they're cool or like, <laughs> that kind of thing? And then we'd be like, that's so messed up. Like that person like didn't give us that much information or like they seem kind of neutral about us. Yeah, it was, it was a very cool time for us. And Sims all the time, like truly, I first heard about like the metaverse. I was like, I already have been doing this for decades, recreating my real life or the life I want on Sims by putting people I had crushes on in a Sims house with me. 
<laughs> yeah. We did this together. We, I guess we were embarrassed of it to other people other than ourselves. <laughs> but within us two, it was very normal and yeah. <laughs> acceptable uh, way to grow up. Erica, did you do any of this sort of thing? <laughs> I honestly can't, I can't say that I did. Um, That's good. It's bringing, it's bringing back psychological studies of pairs that drive each other deeper into insanity. I think it's a yeah. folly yeah. a deux is what you're describing. A what? Yeah. A folly a deux. I can't speak French. That's I just really think cool. you guys went a little bit farther than I did. But I definitely don't remember feeling embarrassed about it. And it was kind of like, okay, time to log on. <laughs> We'd like catfish. <laughs> I would print out my aim chat rooms with my crush. Me too. Horrifically embarrassing. Johanna once made a poem about her crush and made oh. that her AOL profile. What was the response? (laughs) No, it's actually worse. It wasn't kissing. (laughs) I put the words to Teenage Dirtbag, the song, but in place of whatever the like time they use the name, I put Sean. (laughs) So that, I don't know, like what was the point of that? Hoping that he would see it. He did. It was not successful. And then I did feel embarrassed then at that point. That's good. That was, there was a lot that I was like, there was maybe I went too far. Yeah. The other thing that this made me think about this week when I was prepping for this interview was that in being very online early on, I looked at porn super early. Like I was in Connecticut. Like what? Which was through. Whoa. I left after fifth grade. So I think it was like fourth or fifth grade. And I looked at it on the family computer in our like family room. And then so many pop-ups started coming up and then it was like creating all these windows and the search history. And I was like, and cookies, like I think I knew what cookies were in fourth or fifth grade. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know how to delete all of this stuff. Like I've broken the family computer. I went up to my parents crying and I apologized and said I looked at an inappropriate website I'm so sorry I think I broke the computer did you like <laughs> was google even around then how are you even like finding porn were you just like looking yeah. at nakedpeople.com it was like I want to say like the words like pink taco or something like was some <laughs> sort of like it was a website or or I googled it because like google was like new at this time yeah. So I don't or, know. You could have how... used like Ask Jeeves. I was using Ask, Ask Jeeves. <laughs> and I was using that dog one. It was like fetch something. Oh. I guess I've just always had a curiosity about the world that like, I definitely know this is not similar among my peers. And I was talking to a couple of friends of mine and they said that they had never looked at porn. And one of my friends said, what do you do? Do you just Google boobs? And I was like, That's you are one key point. away from porn at any point. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, try that. I was like it's so hard to not look at porn just if you're if you use the internet at all. Yeah, especially if you've, you know, your computer has been tracking you using porn for 20 years. <laughs> I Yeah, they're also, like this girl, she's been into this for a long time. 
I feel like I was less tech savvy than you, but also very active in tech. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and I had a situation where I was like really susceptible, I guess, to those like forward this to like this many people or else. A oh, chain but mail, yeah. I had, um, this was back when we had AOL and it was like tied to an AOL family account. I got sent an email that was like, there's something horrible happening with kittens right now. They're being turned into bonsai kitties. What do they do? They give the cats a certain drug that makes their bones malleable and they put them in shapes like bonsai trees. And at that point, I loved bonsai trees. So it was very pertinent to me. I forwarded it to every person I knew. It shut down the whole family's AOL account for like a month. Everyone was like, get into the bonsai kitties. It was like a point of pain for years. I so, remember exactly what you're talking about. I can really? see so clearly they would put the kittens in glass bottles. Yes. So they would never grow bigger. Yes. That's not real. I don't think it's real. Everyone was like, how could you think that's real? And I was like, I mean, I saw photos. Could be Photoshop. I don't know. Oh well, we'll God. Google that after this. Not, yeah. yeah. Boobs and we'll Google bonds. We'll like sidebar. Google boobs. <laughs> Erica, what is the history of our friendship? You and I were not catfishing in middle school. We were not catfishing in middle school. Uh, we were catfishing far deeper into adulthood. Um, <laughs> I had this like very strong memory. So we met at our first workplace, fresh out of college, the agency that we both worked at. And uh-huh. uh, you started, I think, like three months after I did. And by the time that you had started, I had already gotten out of the mailroom and like was an assistant to an agent. And the the agent left the company without telling <laughs> without telling me. <laughs> um, I found out that was common, by the way. That would what? happen. I don't like think- just didn't show up, and you were like, "I'm here, ready to take calls," and they were like. You don't have a boss. Yeah, like it, I feel like it's it wasn't super uncommon for your boss to not like show up for days at a time because like everything can be done with a cell phone basically. But you would be sitting there at their at a desk in front of their office and in like a row with other assistants. And we all got this email saying so and so had left the company. <laughs> and I go, what? And everybody in the row turns to me and I go. I don't know. And I run into your <laughs> office and call human resources. Um, and human resources was like, do you want to go with her? And she had left the industry entirely and like started a completely <laughs> new career. And I had been in this job for like two months at this point. Um, so because my boss left the company, I had to go back to the mailroom, which is like, once you're, out, once you're an assistant, yeah, once you're an assistant, you don't go back to the mailroom. So this was rough. And even though I started like three months before Lizzie, I distinctly remember like being in the basement kitchen for the mailroom and like eating string cheese or like yogurt That's or whatever what they would remember. give us. Yeah. And I'm like leaning against the counter and like Lizzie and like maybe a couple other people that started in her little cohort. And I'm like, here's what you got to know. Here's the reality <laughs> of the situation. <laughs> One day you're going to wake up and go to work and your boss will be missing. And they'll ask if you want to leave entertainment industry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't remember much in my entire life, but I have a very vivid memory of Erica in that kitchen. 
<laughs> it was yeah. a formative memory. But was yeah. it like a better thing? Was it more fun to be in the mailroom? Like one no. demotion? Oh no, well, I, none of it was really fun. Right. But the mailroom no. was like <laughs> the mailroom involved you essentially leaving to prom- promenade around the office with a cart at like hour intervals and was like really stressful for some reason. Though it was literally like sorting mail and then pushing a cart around. But there was like some aspect of it that was like very anxiety producing. I think the promenade aspect of it is the stressful part, which is that you are essentially kept in this dark basement with these people that like (laughs) did not like working there (laughs) and who are our kind of bosses. And then we are, we would become what is called floaters and sort of do a, a substitute teacher-esque shift at the desk when assistants were sick or on mm-hmm. vacation. And when we're pushing these mail carts, it's like they're these huge, heavy things. We're just handing mail, like physically handing mail to each of the assistants. And you really feel judged by the entire mm-hmm. office. You're going around this loop of assistants and agents. And <laughs> one of my... uh I don't know when I found this out, but because I was newer than Erica, I think it was actually someone who ended up being my friend. John came up with this nickname for me, which was Bizarro Erica. (laughs) Like I was the newer version of Erica, you know, a little shorter, a little squatter. Nobody really knows who she is. So I was Bizarro Erica to God knows how many people in that building. So we... We don't look that similar. We're both we're both tall and blonde. We we look kind of similar. Pale. Yeah. Look like you we're could both be really pale, pretty. tall, and blonde. But it was over and over this kept happening where we would get confused for each other to the point that I was in a job interview with one of the agents. So we'd all been working together for two years at this point. And halfway through the interview, she realized I was not Lizzie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And the vibe changed. <laughs> And the oh. vibe changed. She's like, wait, I thought I could get the worst assistant in this building to be my person. That's who I wanted. It was just really not my skill set, like being organized and oh. like, and super friendly. And like, it's a really fratty or it was a very fratty environment and all sorts of like horrifically like sexist things would happen there and racist and homophobic and all sorts of stuff. It was not, not my, not my forte, but Eric and I both left. She Mm -hmm. worked, you know, as an assistant for a little while longer and then did end up quitting entertainment fully and is now thriving in the medical field. Oh yeah. It is not as different as you would think. (laughs) A lot of the skills translate, but yeah, it's funny. Like, you had to be so outgoing and friendly. And for the longest Mm -hmm. time, I was like, that is not my personality. And then I go in medicine and they're like, you're so bubbly and friendly. I was like, oh no, (laughs) I was just so depressed. (laughs) Johanna, you met your husband via bachelor viewing parties. Is that correct? Can you explain this romantic strategy? So It's not exactly how we met the first time, but it's what, it's the only reason we met again. I think we met once before, but basically 
in my twenties, I lived in a house with a couple other people and I watched the bachelor every week. And so then, you know, there's one TV. So we all watched it. And it was at a time that like everyone was single. So we would invite different friends over people would drink and bring food. One person, me would sit in the front of the couch and do this, or I'd cut my ears so I could hear it more clearly <laughs> and everyone else would make comments. Um, and then at a certain point I was like, you know, so Quinn, who I'm now married to lived like two blocks away and I was into him and I was like, I want to see him again. And so I did what I knew would work, which is I DM'd him and, uh, one of his best friends. And I said, Hey, we're watching the bachelor tonight. Had a little photo of Caitlin and I (laughs) want to come. And they said, we'll try. They didn't come. And I persisted. Every week I asked them to come and they did. Oh my God. And then it basically turned into like our version of The Bachelor. It ended up being like, well, I don't know if other people dated people from it, but I think I made out <laughs> with like five of the guys who went to that Bachelor viewing. So many. What? And then later, I once that. That I had been together for a while, he was like, you know, I at first I was like sort of considering you or one of these two other girls. And I was like, you were thinking of it as your this own bachelor. bachelor? I was like, what the hell is going on? It was paradise, except in the house that I lived in. And I realized this when I was talk- telling Quinn about uh, doing this interview, he was like, oh yeah. And remember like right before we went out for the first time, the like reason that I knew he liked me is because at that time I liked Jared on The Bachelor, who's married that, Hi, is that his name? He married, what's the woman he married? Ashley Jared Highbond. Yeah. Ashley Connecticut. Okay, so at that time, I was very into Jared, apparently. Oh my god! And gosh. so then his, Quinn's friend was like, hey, if you're into Jared, we should set you up with our friend who looks like Jared. And I remember Quinn being like, no, 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 no. And I was like, oh, he's into me. And so it really was The Bachelor that like is the reason that we're married, I'm pretty sure. Who knows? If I had any other tools in my toolkit other than inviting him to watch The Bachelor every week. It's the only tool you needed. Yeah. It's all you need. I didn't know that this sort of Bachelor in Paradise situation went on. I know I went to one of the parties and too many people were talking. And so I I couldn't handle it. But so really quick could be my husband if I had maybe taken this less seriously. You could have kissed all of the men who attended. Well... I could not handle the talking and now I watch it by myself, pausing it in a really, (laughs) a really different version of how we originally would watch it when we were in middle school. Johanna, can you briefly sum up our only other experience in the document with Sarah Safin in 2013? Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. If you have sensitive skin, you're going to want to hear about OneSkin's scientifically proven topical supplements. This is face, eye, body, shield, and it can all be used with any of their other products, which are free from over 1,500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the SkinSafe seal of approval. You got to keep that skin glowing if you want to be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And One Skin was founded by an all-woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. 
Uh, Their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you. Clues. Underwear drawers, they're not organized. They're like the the Wild West, the final frontier of wardrobes. Mm. And there's no rhyme or reason to them. You got ones that are super old, uh, different brands, etc. You don't know what to expect. But now I have felt the buttery soft comfort of me undies. And now I want to replace the whole drawer with me undies because those are my now go-to. I'm currently wearing their long sleeve shirt and my, um, (laughs) which is not what this uh, ad is about, but I am also wearing the super soft sustainable modal fabric thong with no roll black waistband Mm. you want that you don't want it to be rolling you don't want it to be showing and i'm hooked i don't want to wear anything else it's all got to go now well this ad actually is kind of about that pace case everybody knows me undies (laughs) makes great underwear it's in the name me undies but it's not just about underwear you can explore the lounge collection featuring comfy joggers hoodies onesies and a whole bunch more and their move me activewear collection is the softest activewear on the market there's no doubt about it Right now, you can get 20% off your first order plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash roses. That's MeUndies.com slash roses for 20% off plus free shipping. MeUndies, comfort from the outside in. Have you ever experienced a dry, itchy scalp or ever wondered why your color isn't lasting as long as your hairdresser promised? Well unfiltered mineral filled water could be the reason why did you know hard water is a leading cause of damaged hair and dry irritated skin and that about 85 percent of the united states uses hard water filled with dissolved minerals and added chlorine that's where canopy's new filtered shower head comes in known for their beauty hacks and reimagined humidifier canopy is dermatologist recommended This unique three-stage filtration system greatly reduces contaminants and odors in your shower water. Best of all, the Canopy filtered showerhead is hassle-free, installation's a breeze, and its unique quick-release filter replacement feature allows for seamless filter replacement. Go to Canopy.co to save $25 on your Canopy filtered showerhead purchase today with Canopy's hassle-free filter subscription. Even better, Gore listeners can use our code ROSES at checkout to save an additional 10% off your Canopy purchase. Hurry, your hair and skin will thank you. Yes. Okay, so we went in 2013 to see Women Tell All, and it was Sean Lowe's season. And we were like extremely excited. We showed up in our jewel tone outfits. We waited in a warehouse for could be five hours, could be two hours. I'm really not sure. They took away like, I think all of our devices. <laughs> so it was just us like sweating through our jewel tone outfits. 
and they kept calling different rows. So we didn't even know if we were going to get in. It was like, we took buses, we were waiting there. We were like hoping and we're like, we may not get in after all of this. So we forced our friend, Sarah, to quote, (laughs) be her own hero, which meant, can you just ask the people at the front? But we kept saying, be your own hero, Sarah. It's up to you, which was really a successful tactic. But I do think it was probably some light form of bullying. And then it was the adieu thing all over again. You got each other riled (laughs) up, (laughs) bullied Sarah. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And then we made it in. We like were there for so, so many hours. They don't feed you. You don't get like to go to the bathroom. You don't get any drinks. I think we had one like five minute break where they were like, you can get food. And so we're like, Lizzie, will you go get food? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I've got this. She comes back right when they're like, okay, we're about to start recording again. I'm like, what'd you get? And she holds out her hand and it's just <laughs> a bunch of chocolate eggs. <laughs> Dude, we haven't eaten in like a day. And she's like, well, there are some little sandwiches, but I couldn't carry all the eggs and the sandwiches. <laughs> we were just like, okay. <laughs> I love those chocolate Easter eggs. I do. <laughs> little foil ones. That brings us to Pace Case in the Document Part 2. The main event, why we're all here today to discuss this. I have not that good a memory, I but I do know vaguely that this was. We went to Caitlin Bristow's group date. Erica, I believe you got us the tickets to this group date. How did this come about? I did. At the time, I followed Elon Gale on Twitter. Oh, yeah. Um, and he posted... Um, a, a call to action or volunteers <laughs> for the group date. Um, and I responded, I think that we all had off or whatever, or took off of our jobs to go to this. Um, yeah. Took off. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know if I directly corresponded with him or if I was just sent to a website, but it was definitely like through his, um, his Twitter account um, that I like booked us all tickets. So it was very easy. That's so fun. I knew you, it had been, you following some producer i did not realize it was elon that's, that's amazing so, yeah i have He's since like unfollowed him um oh and i don't i was trying to remember what the last straw was there was definitely like a moment in the last year or so where i was like this is it but i still follow his food account i was just gonna say i just discovered his food account? i follow his food account oh. which i think is called like food of elon food of <laughs> and i thought who is this yeah and i looked him up <laughs> And I was like, oh, he's a bachelor, former bachelor producer. And then I was like, I've liked quite a few of these photos with, I guess, not knowing who it was. Yeah. Just so loose. So online. (laughs) Not savvy, but very online. (laughs) So what happened this day? Assumedly, we've all took off work. Yeah. So I remember that we... Okay, so we all wore jewel tones. This is a very consistent theme for the past few years. We all wore jewel tones. We met at my apartment. We took a photo in our jewel tones outside of our outside of my apartment. Oh my God. Do you have the photo? I remember <gasps> taking that photo. The photo. We took it next to this very small car that parks near my house. <laughs> it's, it's like a clown car that somebody has in their driveway. And we decided to pose around it in our jewel tones. <laughs> oh my God. This um, is why this girl's in the medical field. Look at all these details. I know. 
Um, oh, this is amazing. But then here's where we made our first mistake is we all got into my 2003 Toyota Camry. Um, I believe there were five of us. And there were five? I think it was us and Natalie. Natalie. Yeah. Okay. So it's four people in my 2003 Toyota Camry. This was potentially 2018 or 2000. I think it was 2018. Um, We drove to this location, which is also a common theme, an abandoned warehouse um, with a giant parking lot. Uh, I think it was 2015 or like somewhere around there. So this car was not in its prime. Um, the air conditioning had not worked in this car for three to <laughs> yep. four years prior to the state. Um, and it was at a time where it should not have been warm. Um, yet it was the hottest day on record. So unseasonably warm. I had no, no reason to anticipate this being a problem because we would just drive to this location that was like 15 minutes away. And we would obviously be in some sort of central air situation. This was a bachelor. We were going to a filming. Um, You're a guest of the producer. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So we arrive at this parking lot and are told, I believe then well, oh no, first we sign this NDA, which it's it's up now, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember signing anything. I don't remember signing anything either. <laughs> I remember signing the NDA because it specifically mentioned that they had the right to use our likeness, even if it portrayed us in an unflattering way. <laughs> oh that was the language that was in the NDA. So yeah, so we signed this document and then are told... I believe that they're running behind schedule. At that point, we are told to wait in our cars. <laughs> were they? Wait, okay, I have a question. In here. a parking lot. Were we told to wait in our cars or did we choose to go in the car? We, we were told, told to wait in our cars. God, this okay. parking lot was barren. There was not a single tree in the parking lot. Oh. It was just groups of girls in jewel tones sitting in their cars in the heat, in direct sunlight for hours. It felt like the movie Holes, which I hate. <laughs> yeah, it had like <laughs> you know, that in there. <laughs> just want to say two thumbs down for the movie. <laughs> I remember there being. You know, when there's like wavy lines over the asphalt where it like looks like there's water, that was happening. That's how hot it was. It was easily in the high 90s. Could be hotter. This is the only part that really rings true for me is that I remember all of us in this car, Erica's broken car, we put the windows down and Erica (laughs) drives us in a slow loop around the groups of women in the parking lot trying to get a breeze going. (laughs) It was slow at first and then much faster. And I want to say what I remember is essentially doing donuts Mm -hmm. around the groups of women and shouting <laughs> in like a shared delusion. We were so hot. We were like screaming as yeah. Erica rode around in circles. And then we just had to see them after. And we're just like, hey, <laughs> that's from the car doing the donuts and screaming. <laughs> we we did 
discover, I think we experimented with which windows up created the best um, like breeze as we circled. And we actually found, I think if you put the, if you put the driver's seat window down and then you put the passenger um, back seat window down and you put the other ones up, it creates this like through line directly to your car. And I actually kept that car for four more years. Really? Never recovered air conditioning capabilities, <laughs> but I used that trick often. Wow. See, that's your scientific brain. Waste yeah. entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> Only in our brain lost. just goes, we should be screaming at these women that we don't know. <laughs> I definitely remember. I'm pretty sure I was in the backseat just screaming. Yeah. Like, I thought we were going to die or pass out at some point during it. Yeah. Um, there was no, if anyone is like listening to this and thinking, why did they not get out of their car? There was no shade. There was no overhang. There was no area to wait that was outside of the car. Didn't we think about, like, I remember, I can't remember if we asked Eli if like, or like you must've talked to him at some point and he was like, you could leave. And it had never crossed any of our minds. That yeah. that was a possibility. <laughs> Even though we were in a car driving donuts around the parking lot. It didn't even think, I didn't even think that was a possibility. It was like, we're here for as long as they need us. Yeah, that was, that was exactly it. And there were no concessions. There was no. (laughs) No chocolate eggs. Not one. No chocolate eggs. I think there might've been one warm, like 12 pack of bottled water. And also we do kind of have an estimate of the time we were there. Cause I remember we did this in the morning and by the time we left, the sun was setting. Okay, I know once again because of texts that I sent on that day. Wait, what date was it? March 15th. It was March 15th. March 15th. Okay, I said, what if we meet at 8 or 9 p.m.? I just left a bachelorette taping. I feel like I've been in prison. (laughs) (laughs) And then I said, get ready for jewel tones. So, yeah. (laughs) We were also like, could not leave and come back because they had given us no estimate of when they might need us. So that was, that was another limiting factor. I just looked in my photo album. March 15th is a dark day. Eyes of March, no photos. Dang it. But we do eventually get the go ahead that we're going to where the group date is. And it's going to be, I guess at some warehouse. Do you remember how we got there? Did we take a bus? We a bus, didn't we? Um, did we? I think we, because I remember standing, okay, because the awkwardness after we were yelling in the car and driving around, because then we had to wait in a line to get on yeah. the bus with the same people who had been seeing us. <laughs> and I remember then we were in the sun and we kept trying to sit in the shade of the bus, which was not significant. And... I think they drove us a short distance to like, I remember like a fenced in like outdoor area of a warehouse and they had a boxing ring set up. Yeah. Yeah. So we ended up in these risers around the boxing ring. And I remember that at a certain point, all the guys come out, maybe shirtless, I want to say. Here's the description on Wikipedia for what happened or when I looked this up. 
eight men are on the first group date, find out they're training for a boxing match with Lila Ali. Oh, yeah. Oh, the daughter of Muhammad Ali. And then they have this boxing tournament, which ends in a match between Jared and Benzie. Jared, your love, Johanna. Jared. Do you remember your love being knocked down hard by Benzie and checked out by a doctor afterwards? He was taken to the hospital. I remember this date being particularly exciting because it was us finding out who was actually going to be the bachelorette because this was the double oh. bachelorette season. And so this was the first date that was filmed oh. where Caitlin was the bachelorette. And so I remember them like making a big deal of being like, do not put this on the internet. It was instantly on the internet. I remember like going through this with Chad at some point and he was like, it's so messed up that people of different sizes were boxing each other. And I never had this, like, I didn't know that at all. It didn't seem weird to me. No. Yeah. It seemed, I don't think I realized at that point how messed up it was to keep having them fight on this show. I was just like, that's what happens. That's what they do. I was really like under the guise of whatever the producers were saying was normal. There was very little critical thought happening that day on like a lot of levels. Also, I think that we were kind of far back. I remember I couldn't see anybody's like facial features except for Jared's. Maybe that's why I liked him because he's the only one whose face I could see. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like, I think it was this one because I only went the two times where we got on a bus and the bus had like tables in it. And I was like, oh, this is kind of nice. And I was like, even though we had been basically tortured, like just left in the heat, um, just being like, oh, I kind of get why you might get caught up in the experience of it. And you're like, oh, look at this temporary luxury. Totally. It's like how when you watch or read something about a cult and you're like, how do people join cults? The second... I did this. I was like, I get how people like fall under the like illusion of what's going on in a reality show. Like I definitely am susceptible to it. I remember they did some like crowd shots or like some like little interviews with people in the crowd and they did one with me and did not use it. But it was like the second they turned the camera on and I looked into the producer's eyes and they were like, what did you think of the men? (laughs) And my brain turned off and I felt in my heart what they wanted me to say. And I said, they are dreamy. (laughs) (laughs) And I walked out of that interaction in a daze. (laughs) I had no idea what just happened to me. Something, I'm like the easiest mark of all time. (laughs) I do feel like now this is like, bringing some stuff up for me and I'm like oh yeah I think they wanted us to be like team Ben and yeah. like yes for a certain person people. yeah cheering. were any of us on it like when we actually watched the yeah edit? we were we're in, we're the, in the crowd <laughs> oh my god we have to find that <laughs> you have to find it it's on my we're in the bleachers as a blur um, here's a couple questions from clues about this okay did Either of you think to yourselves, oh, this is strange. They're forcing these men to literally beat the shit out of each other, supposedly in service of finding love. No, I, not I for a single second. <laughs> not for a second. 
Were any of you aware at that point in your viewership of the nefarious nature of the show? Definitely not for me. I still was like very strongly when they had like a villain edit, I was like, this person is pure evil and mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much believe whatever the storyline was. I think I, I didn't think that it was real, but I think I also like the part of me that knew it was manipulated wasn't like so much at the surface where like, I feel like I kind of took a lot of stuff on the bachelor to heart, especially in my like early mid twenties and like trying to do dating. Like I took a lot of the like lessons from the bachelor seriously in a way that I definitely, um, I remember being like very sad when it was like in that. So I was like 21 to 24 ish, so like 2011 to 2014, And it was like very heavily in this like super Christian good girl phase, I want to say. And Mm -hmm. it felt to me like the only way that you could get a man as portrayed on The Bachelor was by intending for your entire purpose to be a wife and mother. And I feel like that compounded with like the social situations that we were in in our early 20s where I didn't feel like totally valued for my brain um like really played off each other and I think now with like now that my like cortex is fully formed I can understand and look back on that but I think like if I had been really thinking critically about how manipulated the bachelor was I don't think it would have affected me that much wow the biggest shock is that you remember so many details including things like cortex which are are frankly a blur for me it's good we have uh people who remember stuff clues also asked did you feel complicit after sitting ringside to watch a man get sent to the hospital by another man who weighed 50 pounds more than he did we left early what yeah (laughs) yeah we escaped we were like no what yeah so i don't think we saw the final battle i don't think we saw I think oh. we saw some hard How did we hits. get out? We ran. What? I don't think there was a bus involved. This is what I'm saying. Why don't I remember this? And I think this, might... why don't you? <laughs> I remember us. And I remember thinking like, oh no, there's going to be like a gap in the audience that they're going to have to like cover in editing. I remember being concerned about that. But yeah, we left oh before my the, God. Final, the final fight. Worried so about got... continuity errors. Yeah. <laughs> Wow, you would have been great in entertainment. I take yeah. it back. <laughs> I don't remember feeling complicit. I don't remember leaving. So who knows, I guess, what I remember. But yeah, I don't remember feeling complicit at all. I was just like, this makes sense for love. This is what you've got to do. Yeah. I don't think I was critical of how the show is edited and produced until like really a few months ago. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty recently, think anyone was on for any reason other than like I did think like it's a weird way to find love. Like probably you don't have the best shot, but I didn't think there were like ulterior motives unless someone was there for the wrong reason. Mm, Like a tequila company, yeah, yeah. Like 2015 was early in the Instagram game. Like we were not seeing the kind of blow up from the game that we are now. Yeah. So I think of anything, I was like, oh, this guy wants to like be a musician. Maybe that was like Luke mm-hmm. Powell or something like that. Or this person wants to be an actor or model. 
Erica, you and I once went to see you next Tuesday, a DJ event at Sir Restaurant in Los Angeles, made famous by the show Vanderpump Rules to see James Kennedy perform. Mm-hmm. And a bachelor player asked you out. What happened? So we went to see you next Tuesday. I think it was the sweatiest I've ever been in my life. And I actually, I don't think that I know that because there's photo evidence of this in all the pictures that we took with the cast members. (laughs) I'm just drenched in sweat. Um, And so, yeah, so we went there both completely sober, I believe. I like went after class one day. Um, and it was really chaotic. It was really beautiful. We saw James Kennedy take his shirt off and like, uh, like, yeah, throw it. Um, we, we met Raquel, which was very exciting. Um, we met James Kennedy's roommate, which is like kind of a deep cut for Vanderpump Rules. (laughs) Oh my God. I forgot about that. This is before Um, he was even on the show. Yeah. And then we, also saw Grant Kemp from um, from Bachelor and Bachelor in Paradise. Um, he was also there. I guess he's friends with James Kennedy, and so we went as a fireman, and he dated yeah. and get, got engaged to Lace. And he had that tattoo, which we didn't look for. Sadly, Wait, didn't tattoo? he get Grace tattooed on his wrist? I I don't, I don't know. Did he? I forgot about that. Um, but he asked for Erica's phone number when we went there. Ooh. He did ask for my phone number after Lizzie and I asked him for a photo. And then he was like, what's your number? It was like, I think I was like several years into my live-in relationship at this point. And I had like my brain short circuited and I was very close to saying yes. Um, (laughs) Like not because I intended to cheat on my partner, but because like, what a fun. I feel like I got mad at you for not doing it. Yeah, what a fun opportunity to just like find out more, I guess. See what text you get. You could have seen what texts you'd receive. Yeah, yeah. I think that I think mm. I just wanted to know like what kind of text this person sent. Um, but then I like came came to and I was like, oh, I have a boyfriend. Uh. Creams and serums are made of 70% water, 15% preservatives and emulsifiers, leaving only around 15% for the active ingredients that your skin needs. But luckily now, there's fiber skincare. 15 years ago, the scientists behind fiber skincare started working on nanofibers, which are 500 times smaller than human hair. You know, I, I saw that in um, Three Body Problem. Mm. One year ago, they patented a way of wrapping the nanofiber around oil or liquid-based ingredients. This means they can deliver five times the active ingredients compared to creams or serums, as there is no need for water, preservatives, or emulsifiers. The first formulation made with this technology is plant-based, anti-wrinkle. It's a set of patches that you use over a series of seven days. You just put these on whenever you would apply your serums and your skin is going to feel tighter in 10 seconds. And over the seven-day program, it has been clinically proven to reduce wrinkles by, get this, 19.4%, a very precise percentage. In fact... Mm. They have a tighter skin guarantee. If your skin isn't tighter in seven days, they're going to give you your money back. No questions asked. You get the tighter skin guarantee with this seven-day routine. Tighter skin or your money back. Get a 15% discount code by using the discount code GAME. That's Fiber Skincare. 
Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Um, and he was very, I have nothing, nothing bad to say about the interaction. He was very charming. Um, and this was many years ago, but yeah, it was really like, I, I was like mad afterwards that, <laughs> that I couldn't say yes. I remember being mad that you didn't lie. Yeah. Erica, speaking of your boyfriend, you were dating this man, Eli, the host of a show that I talked about on here before the okay, stupid improv show. Mm-hmm. And he had Bachelor Clues, who he considers to be the GOAT of Bachelor, Nick Vial, as a celeb guest. And you, me, and Bachelor Clues met Nick. Can you yeah. describe that um, interaction? So, yeah. So he first was a guest at Eli's show. He wasn't even like, he was just in the audience, which was very exciting. Oh. Um, and I remember, so we used to, this dating show, we all used to go to the bar next door, Birds. Um, and like everybody from the audience would like kind of hang out and mingle. And I saw Nick Vial there and it was like very exciting and overwhelming. And I was very nervous. And so we did not approach the next time we saw him. <laughs> he was an invited guest to give some like wisdom on dating before the show started, which I think a lot of the wisdom presupposed that you are Nick Vial when you're entering interactions with women. <laughs> Um, and that they will naturally be charmed by you. Um, but then we did see him again at the bar next door. And at that point we were strong enough to ask for, uh, pictures. And so I remember Lizzie, you and I went and got a picture with him and it's a great picture. And then Chad got one. <laughs> Chad was first. I remember this specifically. We were all looking around and Chad's like, should we just do this? And he dives in first. Yes. Do you guys have these photos still? Yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah, we'll post them. Yeah. Really, the photo. Um, They're but, amazing. But Eric I, and I were so nervous. And so nervous. your boyfriend was very confused because he was like, this person is not a celebrity. Like yeah. he hadn't even oh. been The Bachelor at that point. But we were just like, he was so big in yeah. The Bachelor. In Bachelor Nation. I don't even think he's been on him. Bachelor in Paradise yet. I think it was just like two stints on The Bachelor. Wow. At- um, but yeah, I remember Chad being asked for a photo by Chad has to be like a really surreal experience for yeah. Nick. Like a lot of and for Chad, why. probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like it's probably mostly women, you know, who yes. are asking. So it's you know yeah. <laughs> and an intense energy. <laughs> I don't think Chad smiled. <laughs> he took it so seriously. <laughs> yeah, I think it's a stone-faced photo. Yeah, I don't think he smiles in, in photos. As a no, movie. I think there's, in when I pictured in my head, it looks like when two heads of state meet and like shake hands and have a photo. That is what I picture. Were they shaking hands during the photo? No, but my, my brain builds it in. Yeah. Joe, Hannah, you 
came to our book signing for How to Win the Bachelor at Skylight and you executed a limo exit style performance in order to get Chad and I to sign your books. Can you describe how that came to be? Mm, Yes. So I went with our friend Sarah, who went uh, to Women's Hall years ago. Sarah's husband, I think. Oh, I can't remember if David was there and Quinn was there. Anyway, we were in the long line and we were like really excited. And even though I've known you for so long, as we started approaching, we were getting more nervous, excited. (laughs) And I was like, we got to, you know, we got to do something special. And so once again, I bullied Sarah and I said, look, we have to approach. I'm going to say pace, case, pace, case. And then you say, bachelor clues, bachelor clues. And I kept having her practice it. And she was like, I just don't feel like I want to do this. And I was like, there's really (laughs) no other way to do this. And I was like, do it with enthusiasm, Sarah, come on. And she did. And we approached pace, case, pace, case, bachelor clues, bachelor clues. I think it was a huge success. I loved it. And they were, they were bringing their books up and down. Like, oh yeah, rocking, bowing motion, which was nice. (laughs) It was very (laughs) culty. Oh yeah. Um, who are some of your hero players in Bachelor Nation? Joe, we've already heard your romantic love. Were there are there any other players that stick out for you both? Um, Charlene Joint was yeah. like hands mm. down. She was like the first person I saw on the show where I was like, oh, you're like not not the first person on the show who had a brain because that's obviously not true. But I think the first person where they've kind of really like let it show and like that, like a desirable aspect of her. And I think like part of that was because it was like part of the downfall of Juan Pablo is why they were able to kind of like praise her for her intelligence. Cause it is not something that normally happens on the show. Um, But yeah, I thought she was really cool. Yeah. I think Caitlin's great. Caitlin, I really loved, as you know, I had the cheating thought about grocery store Joe. (laughs) Wait. Oh, I did share this on the podcast. I think I said by anonymous friend. Oh yeah. Sorry. Someone that I know. Give us some context. (laughs) I was watching, I was watching with Quinn and I was like, Quinn, I have to tell you something. This was on, uh, what's it called? Uh, Paradise. And I was like, I have to tell you something. I'm having a cheating thought and it's about grocery store Joe. And he was like, what is it? And I was like, I really want to kiss him. And he was like, that's pretty benign. I think that's fine. He's like, you didn't really have to tell me by the way. Oh, okay, okay. I had a cheating thought. I think about this story all the time and I laugh. It's very wholesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's when I realized thoughts could be cheating. Oh, that's why I told him thoughts could be cheating. I guess I knew that all. I guess, <laughs> yeah. I guess you set your own rules, your own oh, boundaries yeah. for what is oh, cheating. Yeah. <laughs> How do you feel about the way that Game of Roses has evolved? I also neglected the part of the story where Chad and I met at Bad Judge and started watching The Bachelor together. And Erica came with us and watched for years <laughs> with us before we started the podcast. Yeah, it's a fun, like, I got in on the ground floor and then I immediately got off kind of story for me <laughs> where I get to be like, oh, the two people where I was the third person of the <laughs> that would watch The Bachelor now have a wildly successful podcast. 
and I am working for free. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I remember. I don't know when it was like whenever you met him on Bad Judge, and it just was like the three of us occasionally with like another one or two people would come and watch. And it started off like very normal, like a very normal <laughs> watch party. Um, because I, like you, I need to be able to like hear what is going on. Um, so I can't like, get like very overwhelmed when too many people are there because I need to be paying attention. It wasn't a Bachelor in Paradise situation viewing party. Yeah, you could have been yeah. on Paradise with me. It's very intimate. <laughs> um, and yeah, so we would just go over there every Monday night or Tuesday or whenever and get pizza and some kind of juice maybe. Um, juice. Yeah, and um we would like find out about whatever squirrel action was going on at mm-hmm. Chad's. Um, we would put our drinks on the squirrel coasters. I remember very vividly. And then at some point it took a turn and I don't know when that was where we no longer watched the show fluidly or as it was meant to be watched. What we started doing was pausing every three to four seconds so Chad could take notes (laughs) and he could take 40 to 50 images of like a single frame and was it still enjoyable Mm -hmm. for you Erica (laughs) it was was enjoyable but I learned to bring another activity (laughs) so I would I would like bring like my bullet journals or bring like homework to do. Cause I just knew it was going to go from like a two hour experience to a four hour experience. Um, she did bring her boo boo journals yeah. and made these intricate designs while yeah. we were Chad's taking thousands of photos. I'm writing my bachelor yeah. blog. Lizzie's oh like transcribing it fully. Um, and then yeah, but I don't know when I feel like the first like real time that I remember like needing to pause it and take a picture of the screen was Ashley I Kennedy's like corn moment mm, when she was mm. in her gown and like sadly eating a piece of corn. <laughs> I think like that was one of the first things I remember where it's like, oh, you can take pictures of a TV screen and like it's content. Oh yeah. Were you there for the era? I think you were. I think you might have filmed them when we were doing our our demonic rituals. Yeah. Yeah. I remember some of those live, like Instagram lives of the demonic rituals. Yeah. Those are nice. Yeah. Bring them back. <laughs> it was very stressful. I was filming one of them and I was really nervous about shaking the camera. <laughs> did she was complicit in the demonic rituals. Yeah. It was very funny because someone who was Chad's neighbor warned their subleaser that the person near them did demonic rituals. <laughs> Oh was like maybe God. in a cult, like thought that it, they were like real. <laughs> wow. Yeah. But you wanted to know about our thoughts about your meteoric rise. Yeah. How do you feel about my meteoric rise? <laughs> it's been amazing to watch. I think uh, I, the most, like one, I feel like it's so your middle school self would be so proud. Both of us. I mean, what a dream from catfishing to having an actual podcast and following that is devoted to The Bachelor. I can't imagine. That's probably the only kind of career we could imagine, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> <At that age. laughs> 
professional volleyball player was out. We were like, it's volleyball or nothing. But then we we're like, oh, there's a bachelor. <laughs> but, and even like, I've had people at work who've been like, oh yeah, like I, I listened to that podcast or like, I know who that is. And I'm like, yeah, that's right. Pace case. I know her. It's very cool. The best kind of celebrity. Aww. Thanks. Any more complos before we close out? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great tips. Actually, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't think any part of what has happened since we have met and begun this has surprised me. I feel like at some level, I've always known this was going to happen. <laughs> I think like at first watching with you and Chad and your minds would just like go, like you would, you would think of something and then you would just both be able to like take it to these places that I never could have and like be able to see the intricacies behind all of it. And it was like, I felt like I was watching like the conductor Dudamel conduct the LA orchestra every time. Oh, <laughs> Another yeah. reference. What is that? French, Erica? Of no. course. <laughs> I feel like Erica was better educated than us. Joe. Yeah, what? <laughs> uh, no, I just pay attention to the banners as I drive on the freeway. Ah, uh, yes. It's not safe, Erica. That's not safe. <laughs> um, it was. It was just like very fascinating. I just like. Uh, I'm very proud of you. I tell everybody to watch this, and all every single person I tell, I'm like, "Do you watch The Bachelor?" And they're like, "No." And then I'm like, well, you should listen to this podcast. And then they say, how do you have time to watch The Bachelor and all of these reality shows that you watch? And I feel like it's just a matter of having your priorities. Yeah. Great. And mm-hmm. anyone can make time for hours for it. TV a night. But yeah, no, I'm, I'm endlessly thrilled and proud. We used to do this trivia night. Actually, I think all of us at some point at this bar that closed called Shetty's and Erica was our one man team. Like we would all go, but she would get all the answers. Without Erica, there was no chance at all of getting anything right. With Erica, the world was our oyster. We won a lot. Also, the winning prize was like, it was like $50 credit or something at that bar, but the bar only served wine and beer. So they had like wine based shots that were like kind of a liqueur. I recall having that once we'd win. Yeah. Well, we weren't competing against very many people. Like it wasn't a popular bar. So the winning prize is a $50 bar tab. It's not that surprising. They went out of business. (laughs) (laughs) Are you both going to be watching the Windeckia season? Definitely. I honestly, I've been hearing on Gore, like a few people who are like, "Eh, I don't really watch anymore. I just don't think I'll stop until Mm -hmm. or unless this show dies. I even watched Bachelor Pad, (laughs) which I loved. (laughs) I just can't imagine it going away. I'm so excited for the season. Yeah, I really, I really fell for them during Clayton season, but I would have watched regardless. Love to hear it. Love the support, ladies. And I... I mean, this is incredible that Erica is able to make time for this, especially given the fact that you watch so many other reality shows. The reason that I watch like so many reality shows is Erica tells me to watch a show and I'm like, well, I know I have to. It's going to yeah. be good. I like to vet everything and then, <laughs> and then blast it out. But yeah, it's, it takes up a lot of time. But it's, but a it's use. worth it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you both so much for joining me. You both are so wonderful and I love you. And 
thank you for coming on the pod. Love you, Lizzie. Thank you so much to Johanna and Erica for joining me for Pace Case Spring Break. This welcome to the pit, very special episode, Pace Case and the Document Part 2. I hope you all enjoyed it very much as I did. And now Pace Case, it's come to that part of the show. What is that dwab at? It has been 7,390-something days without an Asian bachelor. Praise be Dark Lord Palmer. Please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then please rate this podcast. Please review this podcast. Please get a friend to listen to us. And then 